Hi everyone, it's Michael Litchens, editor at CatholicExchange.com. As you can probably hear from my voice, I've not been feeling very well, so I apologize for that. But Father Looney's quality is just fine. So he'll be guest hosting today. I'll be back with you next, and then also we'll be doing a couple more solo podcasts. Thank you all very much for joining us. Here's Father Looney. You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney a contributor to Catholic Exchange, and today's guest host on the podcast, as I speak with Anthony Stefano. Readers of Catholic Exchange and listeners of this podcast might already know this, but Catholic Exchange is a branch of Sophia Institute Press, and so on Catholic Exchange often you'll see excerpts from the books from the many great authors that Sophia Institute Press publishes. Anthony Stefano has released a number of books with Sophia Institute Press. Last year, in 2020, he released Our Lady's Wardrobe and also The Grumpy Old Ox just in time for Christmas. He now has come out with the sequel to Our Lady's Wardrobe called Our Lady's Picture Book, which is a beautiful book that you're going to want to pick up and to give to your children or grandchildren. Anthony DiStefano is the best-selling author of 20 Christian books for adults and children, and today he joins us on the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Father, for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Love being on. Well, I love sharing your work, and uh, I've had the opportunity to read Our Lady's <laughs> Picture Book, and, uh, you know, a lot of things hit me. It made a great impression on me. And maybe the first thing is, why do you think we should convey Marian devotion to our young children? So we're introducing them to the Blessed Mother. Of course, they meet her through the stories of the scriptures, but now we're introducing them to all of these different titles of Mary. And so why should we hand on Marian devotion to our children? First of all, why hand on Marian devotion? Because as Catholics, we know that Mary in heaven has the great privilege and honor of being the dispenser of all the graces that were won by her son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. She is the mediatrix of graces. So it makes sense that if you love your children, you want to protect them, you want to help them through their life, you want them to get God's assistance through all the problems they're going to face inevitably in their life, that you'd want them to have uh, access to the one who is dispensing the help from heaven. So that's the fundamental uh, reason why I think a parent would want to uh, hand on Marian devotion. Secondly, and most obviously, you know, we're all called to be Christ-like, and Jesus Christ loved his mother. Jesus Christ was close to his mother. Jesus Christ was subject to his mother. So if we're called to be Christ-like, well, then, of course, we have to imitate Christ and love his mother, too. So those are, the, those are the two reasons why, I mean, I would say we want to pass on devotion to Mary. Uh, then, of course, you, you hit on something about all the titles and all the devotions, and that could be confusing even for adults, can't it? People yes. wonder, I mean, Protest, Protestants especially wonder, gee, why? Why does Mary have all these titles? Is it, is it like 20 different Marys? And, and, of course, the point is, no, there's only one Mary, and she has different titles. And the reason for that, which not even Catholics sometimes understand, is that God, you know, created our psychology. He knows what helps us. He wants to help us. And so he, he knows that, that it's easier for us to reach out to his mother when we can relate to her uh, during the different circumstances and, and events that we go through in our lives. So... So if we're suffering, for instance, it's easier for us to go to Our Lady of Sorrows because we know that she suffered too. 
You know, if we need help, we can go to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just God helping us, as he always does, to, to receive his assistance uh, more fully. I love the concept of a picture book. And often when I've taught people the rosary, especially young people, I often will give the example that the rosary is really just Mary's picture book of Jesus's life, that she wants to show us the different photographs of his life and to share his story with all of us. And, you know, for the modern people today, I I often compare the rosary to an Instagram account, that this is Mary giving us the different portraits of, of Jesus's life. So I love the concept, like I said, of Our Lady's Picture Book, but what made you come up with the concept of doing it as a picture book? Yeah, well, you just hit on it, Father, right there. Very insightful. You know, I wrote Our Lady's Wardrobe last year. It was a big, giant bestseller. I, I knew even then that I had to do a sequel because that book, as you remember, focused on um, the introducing uh, children to Our Lady through some of her approved apparitions, you know, our Lords, Fatima, etc., but we know that Mary has so many more titles uh, than, than, than those that are connected to her apparition. So I had to figure out a, the best, most creative, compelling way to create another book that would um, be able to convey those other titles. And I hit on just what you just said, a picture book. Uh, everyone knows about family albums and how important they are to jog our memories and, 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 uh, but beyond that, we're living right now in the age of pictures. I mean, yes, there's Instagram and there's YouTube and there's Snapchat and there's Facebook and everybody has smartphones and they're posting, you know, millions of pictures of themselves and their families uh, on all these social media platforms. So children and adults are very, uh, familiar with this concept of pictures. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if Our Lady had her own picture book, one that had her own memories uh, and her own, just as you just described about the Rosary Father. That was exactly my idea, to give something that people could relate to. Well, it's interesting too, you know, how do you pick out all the different titles that you chose? And, and I think some of them probably have, you have a personal devotion to. For example, you are a pilot and so you love Our Lady of Loretto. And so that's included in the book. So how did you kind of whittle down all of the titles into just a handful? You know, it's, it's a process, Father, because number one, I wanted to create with this book, uh, as a companion to the Our Lady's Wardrobe, I wanted children to have a very simple, basic, and yet sort of comprehensive introduction to Our Lady's titles. And the first book, as I said, covered the, the main apparitions that are approved. So I wanted to choose uh, the most famous apparitions, but I also wanted to choose Excuse me, I wanted to choose the most famous titles, but I also wanted to be able to give children prayers that they could say. I wanted to give children um, the devotions to Our Lady that I thought would most help them in their young lives and the devotions to Our Lady that help adults. So I wanted to get in Our Lady of Sorrows because so many people and so many children go through suffering. I wanted to go uh, give them Our Lady of Perpetual Help because so many people are afraid. I wanted to give them Our Lady of Loretto, not just because of the flying, but because of the, the domestic problems people have, uh, growing up in fam- with family problems. And, and Our Lady of Loretto is all about the house, the holy house of Loretto, where the holy family lived. 
And what could be a, a more peaceful, joyous house than that? So I went, I, 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 and of course, Star of the Sea has to do with, you know, being lost. Uh, you know, when you're at sea, you look for the, north and the northern star because it leads you to true north. For Christians, true north is Jesus Christ. And the way to find him is to go to his mother. So we call her the, the star of the sea, the north star. Another, and, and, and so many people are lost in their lives. I thought it would be important to include her. So I went through, I chose for what was the most famous, well-known, what could be the most visually compelling, and also what could help people most uh, with the problems that they're having in their lives. Definitely. And one of the things you also did was that you taught a little history. You taught the people about the Battle of Lepanto and Our Lady of Victory and how people united in praying the rosary. So you even have that aspect as well. You wanted to teach people prayers. One of the things that you do as you go through the different pictures, titles of Our Lady is that you end each one and say, ask Our Lady for her help to make you smile again, or when you're lost, or whatever the case might be. And so I think that's a beautiful way that you're teaching them, well, you can ask Mary to pray for you, that these are times that when you need to pray, well, go to Mary as your mother and ask her intercession. So I thought that was a, a wonderful way in which you really encourage uh, young people to find those moments in their life to pray. Well, thank you, Father. You know, um, I, I'm very proud of the first book on Mary that I wrote, Our Lady's Wardrobe. I thought it was, I mean, without bragging, I thought it was a very uh, original way to, to introduce children to Mary through the clothes she wore during her apparitions. Um, and I was inspired to write that book after I when it was at Eucharistic Adoration. Uh, the thing is, though, I didn't want to just write another book on Mary without having some very creative idea, some compelling way to introduce Mary again and i thought that while this book our lady's picture book may not have been as quite as original as our lady's wardrobe i think that it's deeper i think that it's richer because it does add this element that you're talking about right now into it and that is this intercessory prayer we all need to learn intercessory prayer early because we all need prayers in our life as we go through life and 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 there's no one closer to God than, than his mother, uh, you know? So, so it's important to teach children early on to go to her and to trust in her because she is so close to, to God. And, of course, that's the whole basis of, you know, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Obviously, throughout your life, you've turned to Mary for help at those particular moments. Is there one moment in which you really realized Mary's intercession and the help that she offered you? You know, there have been, I've turned to Mary, my, I've been devoted to Mary even before I was uh, really um, completely devoted to the church. Uh, you know, I went through a few period, a few years where I was kind of agnostic, even though I was raised a Catholic, but I never uh, lost devotion to Mary. I don't know why, maybe, you know, God just put that in me. So I've turned to her always for whatever kinds of crises in my life. But you know, the one that sticks out to me is when I was in my late 20s, uh, you know, I wanted, to be, I wanted to be a writer forever. I always wanted to write books, and I couldn't do it. I didn't have any ideas. I didn't, I, I, I couldn't get, I, no agent or publisher would listen to me. And in my late 20s, um, I, 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 you know, I, did, I didn't care whether I sold a lot of books. I just, you know, prayed, you know, please let me be a published author. Let me be among the ranks of C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton and, 
and the great writers. Let me just have a book published. I don't care if three people buy it. <laughs> in my late 20s, I consecrated myself to Our Lady using the St. Louis de Montfort formula, the 33 days. And, and, and this was a, my main prayer there in consecrating myself. I mean, that's, that, that was the biggest desire of my life. And right after that happened, Father, I mean, within two years, I started having ideas right and left. And, and, you know, I now, you know, a few years have passed and I've already got close to 25 books that have been published for children and adults. Uh, and so, so I directly attribute that to my consecration to Our Lady. And she really helped you then to promote devotion to her as well. So as you uh, turn to her at that moment now, it's in a sense you're offering back all the fruit, all that you've received. Now you're giving it back in a sense to promote devotion and, and bring her more uh, love and affection of the Christian faithful. I, I hope so. I'm, it's, it's scary to, for me, to me knowing that I'm a sinner and, and all the rest, to, 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 to even say that because, you know, I, um, I hope that's the case. I want to very much. You know, most of my writing life, I didn't write any books for Mary. You know, I've, I've written, I've taken the C.S. Lewis approach, Travel Guide to Heaven and Ten Prayers God Always Says Yes To and The Donkey That No One Can Ride. All these books are really for all Christians. My thinking was, you know, we're, we're in a, a cultural religious war today. We have a common enemy that we're facing, secularism and atheism, and I figured, let me write books that will unite all Christians, and I'd never thought that I would write specifically Catholic books, but in the last few years, maybe because of the problems that have been going on in the church and and, and, uh, and, and just moments of inspiration, I felt a great inner call to write about Our Lady, and it took me by surprise, and, and now that I've got these two books written, um, I'm very happy, I'm overjoyed that I could give a little bit back. I didn't think Mary wanted or, you know, ever, ever even wanted me to give anything back, you know, that I, I didn't think I was good enough, you know, that, that I would ever have a, an, an idea worthy uh, of her to get published. But so I'm happy to have, have these two books. You dedicated the book, the very first page is a dedication to Our Lady of Lourdes. And I know you're a member of the Knights of Malta, which means you've been on pilgrimage to Lourdes. So what is your relationship with Our Lady of Lourdes? Well, you know, Father, um, uh, I, I've always loved Our Lady of Lords since I saw that movie, The Song of Bernadette, when I was a little boy. Um, beautiful uh, Hollywood movie, uh, which they don't make that kind of movie anymore. But I, so I've always, um, I've always been attracted by that, um, that devotion. But, you know, it's also to me kind of a happy devotion. It's a happy Marian apparition. Uh, what I mean by that is that, say, something like Fatima is, is a more important apparition in that Our Lady came and warned us about this, you know, tremendous, the tremendous wars that were going to take place in the 20th century, the bloodiest century of all time. Uh, and, but it was important, but it was scary. You know, she had the vision of hell that she gave the children and the three secrets. Uh, it's, and the awe-inspiring miracle of the sun. It's so, it was so heavy. Uh, whereas Lourdes was so much more simple. Mary came to see a little girl who she smiled at constantly named Bernadette. She came to give us a spring of water that uh, healed people who were sick. And she came to tell us about herself, you know, to tell, her, tell us her name, the Immaculate Conception. And so even though I understand the importance of 
apparitions like Fatima. And even though Lourdes itself was important because she told uh, us to repent, et cetera, and pray the rosary, it's just, it's just a happier, lighter kind of apparition. And I'm a happy endings kind of guy, I guess. So I've always had just a, a, a love for her. Sure. And, you know, as you mentioned, Our Lady called herself the Immaculate Conception when she appeared to St. Bernadette in Lourdes, France. And that's a dogma of the church. It was solemnly declared by the Holy Father in 1854. And and then another dogma declared in 1950 is Our Lady of the Assumption. And you felt that it was important to include Our Lady of the Assumption in Our Lady's picture book. And so in a sense, there you are teaching about dogma and what it is that we believe about Mary. And really, my thesis for my STL is actually all about how the assumption is all about Mary's role in the mediation of grace. And that's really what unveils all throughout the rest of the book as we petition Mary for grace from God. Yes, I absolutely wanted to include Our Lady of the Assumption. Um, because, you know, first of all, if you notice the illustrations in the book, Father, they are very photorealistic. I could have chosen any number of illustrators to illustrate this book, uh, but I wanted someone who specialized in, in realism because I wanted to get across the theological point that Mary is not a cartoon. She's not a pure spirit. Uh, she's not, uh, she, she's real. She's in heaven right now with a glorified body and soul, uh, which, which she's got this unique privilege that no one else has. And um, I wanted to convey that truth that Mary is real and that when children and adults go to her, they're going to someone who is real, a real person, not a ghost. Uh, so it was important to get across that point. And also the other reason why I wanted to include her was that we are in the midst of... Um, um, a time in which, which we're plagued by carnal sins, all kinds of sins related to the body, uh, from abortion to all the sexual sins. And, and uh, the assumption of Mary shows us, you know, just like the, the, the ascension of our Lord, it shows us that the body is sacred and has dignity. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you can't abuse your body. And I, want, I think it's important for children to get that message from a very young age. And one of the things, too, talking about sin, you made a transition in order to share also about another title of Our Lady, and that was about confession. So you make this transition, when children misbehave by being bad and telling lies, God forgives them always if they just apologize. And then you go into Our Lady of Mercy, the next page, that's the image there. And we know that in confession, oftentimes we're given a penance that is pray some Hail Marys. And so that's us asking Mary to pray for us sinners. So it was important to you to include confession, I imagine. And it's also another way for us to encourage young people not to be afraid to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to include this in the book. The, you know, God's name is mercy. One drop of Christ's blood is enough to wash away the sins of a billion universes. Um, uh, we can never tire of repeating that. That doesn't mean that we ever compromise theology or we get soft on sin. It just means that when it comes to forgiving sin, be, being forgiven for, get, for sin, God has set the bar very low. 
in that his son has done all the hard work uh, of redemption for us by dying on the cross. All we have to do is accept that as Catholics in this beautiful, marvelous sacrament of reconciliation, which is so easy. And, the, and, and so many people out there um, attack the church by accusing it of being, you know, they, they use phrases like Catholic guilt, you know, Irish guilt, Italian guilt. It's all tied to our religion. And the thing is, if you are a properly uh, catechized Catholic, then you know very well that, that you should not have guilt that lasts for long because we have this sacrament of reconciliation and healing. And that no matter how many times you fall, God will forgive you if you get back up with a firm purpose of amendment. So I think that if we emphasize that to children uh, uh, who are at a young age, uh, then, then they won't have this tremendous guilt going forward and they won't turn against the church later on. Uh, so yes, I want to, and I wanted to include also in that image of confession, uh, the picture of divine, uh, mercy in back. If you, if you, I noticed the picture, that. I made sure I included that. Yes. I imagine that Absolutely. parents will read this book to their children. I know that uh, one of the copies I received, I'm going to give to uh, a young family. They just had a baby a year ago, and so the one-year birthday is coming up, and I thought it would make for a nice gift for mom and dad to read to the kid and uh, for her to even begin looking at these images of Our Lady at a very young age and kind of having that really... Uh, formed within her. But I imagine, too, of course, that young people will read the book. And so what's the age you think that kids can really begin to appreciate what you've written and what you've given them? Well, Father, I joke around with people and I say I write these children's books for children who are from, from three to, to 103. And, and I, really, I really mean that because, you know, I I think that even very young children who don't know how to speak yet and don't know how to write, they will look at the pictures, um, the colorful pictures, and be moved by them because you could really feel, uh, I hope, that, that you could reach out and touch Our Lady here. So, so there'll be plenty of teaching moments for parents, even with very young children, uh, that I hope it will benefit them. But, but also... I think it will help older children and even adults because many Catholics even aren't familiar with, say, the Battle of Lepanto or the Our Lady of Perpetual Health or Our Lady, the you know, um, Star of the Sea. You know, a lot, a lot of Catholics aren't so familiar with those titles. And I think these books try to tie them all together and show Catholics that, that even though Our Lady has many titles, she has one main purpose in life, and that's to bring us close to Jesus. You know, she, she gave birth to Jesus during her earthly life, and that's what she continues to do in heaven. She gives birth to Jesus wherever she is, wherever she's welcome. Um, and that's the main, and, and that message, you can't start too early, and, and you can't be too old for that message. And if people want to pick up a copy of Our Lady's Picture Book, how can they do that? Uh, pretty much it's all over. You can get it from uh, Amazon.com. You can get it from EWTN. You can get it from Sophia Institute Press. You can get it from Priest for Life. You can get it at your local Catholic bookstores. If, if Barnes & Noble are open right now, you, you'd probably be able to get it there. My books have a pretty wide distribution. Uh, I'm very blessed indeed. 
Yeah, I definitely encourage people to go out and to get Our Lady's Picture Book. Give it to your nieces or nephews, your grandchildren, or buy it for your own children and share the story of Our Lady's names and her titles and the ways that she wants to help people today. Thank you so much, Anthony, for joining me today on the Catholic Exchange Podcast. And as you listen to this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to it on whatever platform that you listen to your podcasts on. Be sure also to subscribe to the Catholic Exchange email list, read their content each and every day. And if you're able, support them with a financial contribution to ensure that the ministry and apostolate of Catholic Exchange can continue well into the future. Until next time, I've been Father Edward Looney, your guest host today on the Catholic Exchange Podcast, and I can't wait to be with you another time. And it's here, Sick Michael, talking to you once more. One, to just absolutely thank Father Looney for guest hosting yet again. I really appreciate it. I need to try to get more of these to you guys, and I know that. I appreciate all of you who subscribe, who tell me you subscribe. I see the numbers. I can't tell you how much it means to me that a couple thousand of you still stop by as often as you can when the upload schedule's not what I would like it to be. So support the podcast by supporting Father Looney. He has some amazing books out. He's published Meditations After Holy Communion and A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary, as well as A Rosary Litany. I'm going to put those books in the show notes as always. If you have any questions, concerns, very, very strong opinions... You know how to find me, editor at catholicexchange.com. I can't respond to every email still, but I am doing my best. I really appreciate you all stopping by. This is, once again, Michael Litchens with many, many thanks to Father Edward Looney for guest hosting once again.